Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello? I don't know if they can hear us. Hello? No, I don't, I don't think they can hear us. Hello? No, oh, God. no I on. don't think they can hear us. Just Hold on. I don't know. I haven't got any of the answers. Just press the, press the button. Hang on, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Hold up, hold up. Press the button. Hello? Okay, I think I've got it. Hello, cat fam? Okay, it's a bit awkward. This is low-key a bit awkward. Um... You know, you know what, Ellie? Why don't you just say what happened? Because I, I, I have no words for what went down. Um, I believe the technical term is zap-toed into the past, um, because we were we were very very silly and did a mildly intense staring competition next to a big statue statue of uh, an angel. It's probably not the best, but also I won. So. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, fucking big stone. Thing with wings. Yeah, fuck you. Living in 1969 is worth the glory of winning a staring competition. Loki met Paul McCartney like last week, so you know what? Who's actually winning? I think we are. Anyway, tell you what though, we did find this machine. Well, it's 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 weird thing. It goes ding when there's stuff. I don't really understand it. I think it's the timey-wimey detector, if I'm not mistaken. And it's the doctor's timey wimey detector. I know, hold on a minute, but like, we he's not here. I think he's actually working. Oh look, oh look at that, there's a light. Elliot, walk to it, there's a light, over there. But normally you don't sort of walk into the light, but it's fine, we'll, we'll go, bye, bye. Let's go. Yeah. Bye. bye. See ya. Oh my god. 
babe, I think we've done it, you know. I think we have. And you know what? You don't look a day over, what to say, 30? You're so fucking rude. Anyway, we're going to move on <laughs> because we've got some fucking emails to read. I've had enough. We do. We do have that. But also, just in case you're confused by our time travel escapades, hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, the Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Damler and Elliot. What's up? Do you know what? A lot. A lot's happened. A lot's happened. And we are comedic geniuses, if nothing else. And I'm so glad that you <laughs> indulged me in my little uh, idea I had. And if you didn't like it, well, I don't care. It was fun. So. <laughs> yeah, look, skip skip buttons exist. It's fine. Exactly. Like, um, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but also, what are you talking about? We genuinely got stuck in 1969. We literally were just there. We actually met Paul McCartney and we did backing vocals. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you okay? I'm all right. I'm good. How are you, my lovely? In the real world. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. Good. Hot. Hot. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I know. It's hot. Again, it is hot because we're in the UK and we're useless. So there you go. But mm. but those those emails need to be read. Those three emails need to be perceived. <laughs> oh yes. So our first email here reads as follows: Hello. I am Ellie, and I really enjoy your podcast. I've only just started listening, but I think it's really good. I listen to it on the bus home from school and when I crochet. I've been watching Doctor Who since I was 8 or 9, and I'm now 15. It has a big place in my heart and means a lot to me, so it's nice listening to two strangers talk about it and sharing my enthusiasm for something that is really important to me. Smiley face. All the best. Ellie. Nice, short, sweet, lovely Ellie. Thank Please you. Please crochet us something. Yeah. Crochet me an adipose, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't, because it takes time, but also, like, you know, because it takes time, and, you know, I couldn't let anybody do that. But also, do crochet some Doctor Who things. I will buy. I will buy with my actual money. But at least share share your crochet creations. Our next email goes as follows. Hi, Dan and Elliot. I wanted to reach out just to let you know how wonderful your podcast is. I started watching Who during the Matt Smith era. Brackets, the angels take the angels. Oh. Take Manhattan was the first episode I watched live. What a heartbreaker. But I started looking for new podcasts to listen to, getting ready for the 60th anniversary. You have such a wonderful chemistry together and I love how much fun you have on the pod. Listening to all of them from beginning right now and love what you're doing. Keep up with the awesome work. Trent, Ooh. New York. That's, first of all... New York, baby. I really want to go to New York so badly. Second of all, love your name. Absolutely obsessed, Trent. Love that. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we apologised at the time, but retroactive apologies for Daleks in Manhattan Oh my accents. god. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but what are you going to do about it? Hey, hey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and our final email here goes as follows. Hello, Damler and Elliot. Two weeks ago, I came across one of your TikToks and been listening to the podcast non-stop to catch up. Doctor Who is such a huge part of my childhood, and to hear people talking about it with the same enthusiasm that I have for the show is so lovely. I'm so low traveling around Australia at the moment, having you both in my ears to keep me company is really comforting. Not actually in your ears, must stress that. Uh, I've been trying to think of a fun and original question that's not been asked before, but my brain isn't braining, so I've got a couple of important snog marry kills for you. Okay, go on then. Now, they, they, are, they are incredibly important. So the first one, snog marry kill. Uh, Ida Scott, Lady Christina D'Souza. Right, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Gwen Cooper. Look, I, I, can be, I can be more ruthless, I know, straight away off the bat. Go on. Oh, it's not getting Gwen Cooper. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just think she'd be a nightmare to be married to. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna kill, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, but we're gonna we're gonna kill Lady Christina. She's cool, but you know, just a real personality, um, and the episode's just fine. And we're gonna we're gonna marry Ida. I'd love to be married to Ida. She'd be great fun to just grow old with, uh, Mary. I'm about to shock you. Are you ready? I'm gonna let you finish your drink. Okay. <laughs> no, because I, 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 this is going to shock you. It's going to shock you. Okay. Also, your t-shirt is very Speak Now vibes. I love that. It, the day we're recording is when Speak Now Taylor's version gets released. And you know what? That's very Speak Now of you, and I love that. It's almost like I did it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. Also, wish me luck for getting tour tickets on Monday, please and thank you. Anyway, we'll find out in the next episode. I'll tell you in the next episode if I get them. Anywho. Um, Yo, do you want point. some bloody syrup with your waffles? Fuck hell. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Snog Lady Christina because she's fucking hot. Like, my goodness me, she would. Do you know what? I feel like she would, for a one night thing, she'd really show me a good time. Ruin your life. Yes. Then I'm going to marry Ida because, hello, like, she's so gorgeous and lovely. And then I'm going to kill Gwen. And you know what? I know Gwen Cooper's my girly. Look, I can hear you all gasping. Chill, chill. It just makes sense. I'm sorry. It just makes sense. And and to be fair, you'll be one of like maybe two people in the world who hasn't had a snog with Gwen. So fair enough. True. And also, we're yeah. not such shaming. So fucking get off, get off your high horse, all right? No, no, it's just it's just happens a lot in that show. She's an adulterer. Listen, she she she's cheated on a lot. She's cheated on Reese many times. And you know what? We 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 can't forget that. No, but also I support women's rights. But most importantly, I support women's, women's wrongs. wrongs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Anyway, there's a there's a there's a second snog Mary kill. Sorry, go on, go on. Because it's 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 bisexual panic. Yes. Um, so we then have Alonzo. Oh my god! Okay. Yanto Jones. Uh huh. And Ross from the Sontana Stratagem. Don't know if he has <gasps> the last name. No, I think oh. that's that's Unit E Man, isn't it? Captain Twink. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, oh my god. Um, oh. Again, because I've been able to pre-read, I think I know off the top of my head. So do I. You go, though. Well, I think, um, as a sort of weird subversion to last time when I was saying about how you know, Gwen would be a nightmare to be married to, I am actually going, I'm going to marry Yanto. I'd love to live with Yanto. He'd be great. Um, I'm going to kill off Alonzo, just because, I mean, I personally, I don't actually find Rossitovi that attractive. Sorry, he's lovely. He seems lovely, but not my kind of man. Um, and then I'm having multiple snogs with Ross. Multiple, only multiple. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. Everything you said is what I would say. Uh, ditto, ditto. Yeah. Ross, baby, listen. When we get to you, huh, it's gonna get wild. I can't wait. Mind you, we have got Carrie Mulligan this week. Oh my god. Oh my god. Save it because I can't. I. I <laughs> Sorry, that made it sound like I don't like her. Why did I make that sound? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we'll get... Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> anyway, thanks for making such a great show. Long may it continue, George. P.S. If you're ever in the market for a third co-host, I'm at your beck and call. Well, you know what? When I'm tired and I want a week off, <laughs> you can... If if this is the kind of high-quality content you bring into emails, you can, you can be my... Uh, my body double, I'm sure. I do love though that you're just like solo traveling and you're just listening to us, you know, just chatting shit. I love it. Honestly, it's yeah, amazing. Um, 
it still like shocks me that people actually like to listen, just li- like listen to us actively. Does it not baffle your head? Because it really, I can't get my head around it, to be honest. I know. I'm like, imagine listening to it for fun. Jesus. I know. Um, fucking chaos. <laughs> um, and then before we run away from Three Mile Corner, I do want to say uh, some people might be sort of thinking, you know, ah, oh, like, you know, I sent, I sent an email ages ago. I've still not heard anything about it yet. Um, we're just trying to get through some of the ones where we can just kind of blast through um, because, you know, it's been three miles. What we're going to do is anything that's kind of longer or takes a bit more constructing, I'm just going to start going through and just like sort of shortening them down. We've both read them. We both read all of the emails, but just the slightly longer ones, you know, just to make three mile corner that sort of flows properly. We're just going to start sort of chopping some bits out and um, only sort of reading like really, really relevant parts. So I'm really sorry if you sent a long email and it hasn't been read out yet. It, we will read it out. We will mention your name. It just takes a bit more time and a bit more planning. So yeah, that's what that is. But we read every fucking word you send over. Like we both completely read all we of do. it. So don't worry. So with that being said, so start your engines and we're going to drive on over to Wester Drumlin's house to get fucking lit. Let's go. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> So, as you may have been able to tell from the humorous sketch portion of the show, today we are talking about episode 10 of series 3 of Doctor Who. It's broadcast on the 9th of June 2007. It was directed by Hetty MacDonald. It was written by Moffmeister General. And it was called Blink. So, babe, before we even get into anything, and even the thing that we're about to say, I was thinking, you know what, the direction of this episode was so unique. And then I just realised that this is she's also directed Normal People. She was the co-director of Normal People. And Normal People is my entire personality. Love that. Nice. I, I'm glad, she, glad she's still getting work. It is genuinely a really good, pretty well-directed episode. Wouldn't be as good as it is without the strong direction. So, Agreed. fair play, Hattie. Agreed. But, yeah. before we even go any further with that, Elliot... Stop laughing. I want to know what you think it's about because I know what IMDb thinks it's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. Hell. 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 I know... She's floundering. I know what... What's the other one? IMDb. Google. Anyway, whatever. I want to know what you think it's about. Uh... (laughs) Sorry. Um... Hello, 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 everybody. Um, this is me now thinking about what the episode's about. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, I think it's basically, you know, just don't, just don't, don't break into people's homes. I don't care, don't care how, don't care how hot you are. I don't care that you do sort of edgy, sad photography, which again, also pretty hot. I don't care. Don't break into houses. Yeah, stop it. And then you'll be fine. Just have some bloody respect. Damla. Uh huh. Darling. Yeah. What do you think it's about? Hey, yay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Trent. Sorry. What do you think it's about? <laughs> uh, 
It's fine. We're, yeah, you know, and George is having to put up with the Australian accents. It's all go. It's all, it's all go. Um, what do you think it's about? This episode. Yeah. This episode is about um, keeping your eyes lubricated at all times. Um, eye drops are your friend. <laughs> eye drops are really important. If you've got contact lenses, have some eye drops. Mm. If you've got dry eye, go down to Boots. Get an Advantage card. You'll get some money off as well. Get some bloody eye drops. Seriously, you never know when you're going to need to not blink at something. This episode brought to you by Boots, who help, help keep your eyes lathered up. Lathered up, yes. Um, <laughs> bringing it back. Bringing it back, Arini. So, this episode's quite got quite the reputation. It's 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 a big one. We we've got a big one on our hands. It- it's like, it's like the fucking third episode in a row where it's got like this kind of reputation. And I can't wait to just absolutely make nonsense of it. People going, oh, yeah, it's one, it's one of the big ones. What kind of respect and reverence are they going to treat this episode with? Same as every other episode. Just fun. Yeah, fun. Speak for yourself, babe, because I think it's pretty fucking perfect, not going to lie. When did I say it's not good? I didn't say it's not good. I just said I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, the podcast is not going to be bowing down at the altar of, you know, supposedly good Doctor Who, unless it's one that I really personally love. No, I'm bowing, um, babe. I'm I'm, go- I'm going, look, I'm going, I'm going down, I'm bowing. I'm bowing you're down. all shills. I've, I've bowed, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm back. I absolutely fucking adore love this episode it is in my top five i love it i like it a lot yeah good i'm glad i'm glad yeah because if you didn't not love but i like it a lot if you didn't i would have cried babe i really would have (laughs) i mean it's impossible surely to not it's impossible to dislike it surely like Like, i'm gonna you know trigger warning for gushing i'm gonna be gushing throughout this entire fucking thing like genuinely Oh, look, get your fucking mind out of the bloody gutter, right? I've had enough. Stop it. Bloody stop it, so Elliot. So, stop it. So ter- that's so terrible. You I are, you are brain. just, you're just, you're just awful. You are just awful. Um, <laughs> There's no good word for it either. It's all disgusting. Jesus Christ. And you're also disgusting. You, you are. You make me, yeah. you make me bloody sick. So... Anywho, moving on from Elliot's dirty, filthy mind uh, that's gushing with thoughts. Um, Only if you're lucky. Just want to say, yeah, uh, I'm going to say a very big statement, underlined, in bold, right there at the top, right up top. This is Stephen Moffat's best work he's ever done, period. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's because it's, it's, strip, it's stripped back. It's kind of horrified, so it's like the best use of his... Love of timey timey wimey. Yeah, there you the go. Stuff. It's the best use of it. Like I've always said, what well, I have only me for me for me for me for you. Yes, <laughs> for me. I've always said that Sherlock is his best work, right? Which it is. I think that's his best stuff. Yeah, but also you know, like when when. I can't even think of an apt metaphor. When when every drawing's a stick man standing next to some, you know, dog excrement. The one that doesn't have the dog excrement on it. Yeah. It's not great. 
But yeah, no, I think... I don't like Sherlock, I'm sorry. No, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. It is a very acquired taste, I feel like. But no, for me, Sherlock is his best work. But in terms of writing, we're talking in general. I'm, be- I'm making a really bold statement here. In terms of writing, in terms of an episode, in terms of a piece, a creative piece of media, this is it. This is, is it called, is it, would it be weird to call it his, is, what's it called? Magnus? No. Magnum Opus? Is that what it's called? Is that the term? Magnum Opus. Is that, is that what I'm calling it? Is his, it? This is his Magnum Opus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's just probably objectively his best, his best one. But again, that's for me. No, no, I probably agree because, you know, he's kind of restrained still by the era that it's in, you know, it's under a bit more of a close watchful eye. Direction's really strong, cast is really good. It's a bit of a sort of lightning in a bottle kind of thing that I don't think he ever quite manages to recapture. Yeah, agreed. Still has episodes of his that I enjoy, but this is best. This could be, this episode could be a horror film. If if anything, not to spoil any of my thoughts going forward, but also kind of am, I just want to see more. If anything, I feel like this was too short. I would I would happily watch an hour and a half of this, genuinely. Because I want to know what you think, and I feel like we may agree on this. Sally and Kathy, immediately going in, their friendship is so iconic, and I love them so much. Give me half an hour of them. Give it to me. I want to see that. Like this could be a horror film. Like A twenty four. Call it up. Do you know what I'm saying? Call up Stephen and be like, "Hey, girl, um, come write a horror film for us." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like this. This. But fleshed out is good because I feel like, yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to start getting into like flesh and stone and stuff like that, which I, you know I I think are fun, but also kind of ruin a lot of the mystery. You get a lot of the mystery of the angels ruined the mm. more their feature. So yeah, if you could like flesh out the flesh out, I suppose, but flesh mostly is what I mean to say. If you could like flesh out the character dynamics, yeah, you could turn it into something larger, and then just kind of get rid of Larry. Kind of, yeah. I mean. Look, Sally. Sally Sparrow. It's fine, it's fine, but there's a scene that annoys me, so. I'm excited to talk about it. But um I find out what it is. But um yeah, so let's let's talk about the the the, the woman, the myth, the legend, the icon, Carrie Mulligan. Sally Sparrow, Carrie Mulligan. No one else could have done this. Fight with the wall. No one else could have done this. No one. Carrie Mulligan could have played the 10th Doctor, but David Tennant couldn't have played Sally Sparrow. Exactly. No, like, like, exactly. Like, you know, you get those, and I know, Elliot, I know you have this as well, where it's like, you have those, like, five actors that, like, anything they're in, you will watch because they are associated. Like, mine are, like, Saoirse Ronan, Alicia Vikander, you know, Carrie Mulligan. Do you know what I mean? Anya Taylor-Joy, Janelle Monet. Do you know what I mean? Like those people, anytime they are in something, I will watch it. That is, it, it doesn't matter what it's about. Yeah. She's one of those people. No, I'm a big fan of Karen Mulligan. There's lots of things that she's in that I consider going to watch. And I even don't enjoy, but she's always the best part of it. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I was heavily considering watching that like movie about Harvey Weinstein just because she was in it. Oh, I'm going to watch it because she's in it. Yeah. Genuinely. She said, I think that's what it's called. She is, and again, like I've said, I've basically watched everything she's ever been in. Maybe the only things I haven't seen are like plays that she's done, but I can't time travel. I mean, I can because at the episode, for the beginning of the episode, I did. Shh, spoilers. Um, but Not voluntarily, though. Exactly. You you know what happened? Everything I've seen her in, she just, she just commands your attention, 
she is, and I hate this saying, but she is a powerhouse. Like she actually is. Yeah, like there's there's a world in which someone does this role and they do it fine, but they're not putting as much into it as she is. And in that world, it's a less celebrated episode. She really carries the whole thing on her back. It is her. It is her. She is an icon, and she is the moment. Come on now. I think we've been quite lucky that the sort of two Doctor Light episodes have had, in my opinion, really strong leading performances in very different ways. Like, you know, Carrie Mulligan's playing this very straight and she's very into it and very involved and it means that it feels very realistic and you kind of feel for the characters. And then, of course, Mark Warren in Love and Monsters is perfectly pitched for what that story needs. Yeah. Worlds apart in terms of tone and performance, but for what the story needs, they're both doing very good. So we've we've gotten lucky on the Doctor Light stuff. I mean, that perfectly goes with one of the notes I have, which is like for me. And again, you know how much we love Love and Monsters. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted whatsoever. But this is my favourite Doctor Light episode. Mm, I mm, I think so too. But also, it's it, but it's but it's been a while since I've seen Turn Left. So that's a close second for me. This is still my. This is up there. Yeah, I think I, I think I probably do prefer this one, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm not committing myself to anything. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do Devils. that. But yeah, I just, oh man, I have so much. Do you know what? I have so many memories attached to this episode. Like, so if you don't mind me just sharing one. So. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no one cares, Damn, Shut up. Um, When I was younger, I refused to go anywhere on Saturday when Doctor Who was on telly. So usually it would be on at like seven, wouldn't it? Six, seven. And usually we would go around to family's house because I've got massive fucking family. And my mum and dad were like, one night they were like, Damla, listen, we have to go around to your cousin's house. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to fucking go. Doctor Who's on. No, you can't do this to me. And to get me to like stop moaning, they'd be like, look, we're going round. We'll let you go upstairs to watch it with your cousin. And then you've got to come back down. I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as I can watch the episode, that's fine. Um... And I remember going to my cousin's house the night this episode came out. We were shitting ourselves. At one point, we screamed <laughs> with, with the jump scare at the end. You know, the one. And my mom was like, are you guys all right? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I just have that memory in my head, being in my cousin's bedroom, watching it and just screaming my head off. Yeah, it does. It does kind of go back perfectly to the like. Hide behind the sofa thing that you know every annoying person ever likes to bring up when they talk about Doctor Who. But um, it's true, it's fucking scary. You know, I like the horror episodes. Possible Planet, Satan Pit, this. Yep, same. Midnight coming soon. Absolutely, so good. Absolutely, so genuinely well done. Just a creative team at the absolute fucking peak, firing at all cylinders. So good. I mean, if it's not bloody obvious by now, like Elliot and I are big horror fans. Like horror is probably my favorite. I mean, my favorite subgenre is period drama. Then it's horror. Like I eat that shit up. We both do. So these kind of episodes, it's just exactly what we love. Um, I mean, look, everything is terrifying in this. Like I can't watch this episode to this day on my own. I can't do it. I will not do it. It's terrifying. The score alone terrifies me. Like you know the, like oh my god, stop! Yeah, oh yeah, the 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 rusty the rusty wheel sound is horrible, um, and the but the actual the like I don't know is it is like a, it's like a clarinet or an oboe like the main kind of suite yeah, that yeah. they play is is lovely. It's very it reminds me of the Impossible Planet where it's actually just very it's not scary it's just mournful. Yeah, it's sad. 
Yeah, you're so right. It's very. It just has that. Just has that kind of feel to it. Um, but then yeah, you've also got the rusty wheel, which is genuinely scary. I was watching um, this with Joe as I always do, and every time it happens, he was like, "Oh," and I was like, "I know, I know." It's disgusting. It just like cuts right through you. It really um, does. I think I, I I do really I do really like it. I think I might have now just maybe for myself seen it two or three too many times and also it kind of has that cultural burnout thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Which like, I understand obviously it not affecting it for some people and I get but there's like some things that start in this episode that then become affiliated with Doctor Who for a very long time that I just kind of find a bit tiring and I kind of roll my eyes at. Um, and yeah, I also didn't find it um, very scary this time around. This, this episode benefits for me from like not watching it for a really long time and kind of forgetting where some of the good scares are and then kind of going back to it. Because then it means I'm not nitpicking, and I was not nitpicking, but there's a couple things where I was just like, I never really thought about that before, and now I feel like a dick because I'm nitpicking, but also I have some nitpicks. But that's your right, because guess what? It's a discussion podcast. <laughs> like, at the start, I want to get this out of the way because we can discuss it, and if I'm being an idiot, we can... But when she rips all the wallpaper off the wall, and it has the message from the Doctor about ducking, who 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 throws the rock? Surely it's not an angel. They don't they don't kill people by lobbing rocks at people's heads. Why have I never thought about that? Is it the dogs is it the dogs before he gets zapped back in time? I literally have never thought about it before and I sat there saying I was like, wait, hang on, because an angel's not gonna throw a rock at her head. I'm doing live research. I'm gonna do live research. Is it just one of those things where it's just like, I don't know, someone else in the property or I don't know, like a rogue thing? I don't know. But I was just a bit like, wait, hang on. Who's actually tossing that at her head? Oh. It's a really big finish story about it. Okay, so it says... So, there's some forums coming up mm. here. And it says... <laughs> there's there's two answers. So I'm just going to read them out on the podcast so we're covered on all fronts and we don't get loads of emails from men trying to mansplain the episode to me because I don't care what men think. Leave me alone. And even if you do, um, shut up. <laughs> uh. um, it says... So I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, after exploring the house for a bit, Sally pulls back some wallpaper to reveal a message left by the doctor, specifically for her to duck. Doing as the message says, Sally bobs to the ground as a large ro- bleh, a large rock whizzes by above her head. Clearly the rock was thrown by the weeping angel stood in the garden. But during the commentary, Moffat said that he constantly gets a lot of questions about this moment. And so he addressed it in a bit more of detail. So here we go. It's going to say it now. This, I'm, I was about to do a Scottish accent, but I can't do Scottish accents. Um, a lot of people have asked me, who threw the rock? The Weeping Angel threw the rock. Now, because of the particular MO of the Weeping Angel and its inability to move while you see it, it is, of course, to their advantage to render their victims insensible. Yeah. So that's from what culture did this little article about it. So, um, yeah, that's what Stephen said. Okay. Um, fine. I'll accept it. I don't like it. Yeah, it makes no sense. But anyway, we... <laughs> all right, Stephen, cool. All right, all right, all right, mothbag, like, we get it. It's not. It's a stealth game. They're creating distractions so they can get people from behind. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I guess it makes sense. But just, I just for the first time ever, I was like, that actually seems really strange. But again, actually doesn't really, doesn't matter. It's not that deep. But also, this is you know, we have these questions occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask you a question then? A big question, big, because you, you know. You're missing the big question here. Large question. Will yeah. you have a drink with me? No, I'm joking. Um, Anytime. The Weeping Angels, I want to know what you think of them as a creature. I know this is a very loaded question, but I would feel 
stupid not to bring it up because I want to talk about it because we are going to talk about them in the future when they come up. Not for a little while, actually, but do you know what I mean? I want to discuss them with you. I, I think that they are really creative, but they've only been well utilised in maybe two episodes. Which ones are they, in your opinion? This one and then Angels Take Manhattan, just because the idea of the hotel where you get trapped in it for eternity and they just constantly feed off your life force is interesting. Um, I don't dislike Flesh and Stone and Time of the Angels or whatever it's called. Um, the Time of Angels, Like It's yeah. a fun two-parter, but it's not... It, it has the problem of sequels of going bigger and going louder. I know they wanted to make it the aliens to this kind of alien, but the, they just stop. They stop having any kind of menace, really. You know, there's just a point where you flesh something out too much, they just become less interesting. Agreed, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just think they work better here as the kind of group of lonely assassins. Mm-hmm. And what I need from a, a sequel is less law around them and just kind of having more people who don't really know what they are kind of you know, in a situation. I know you can't do Blink 2, but you kind of need to do Blink 2, really. I, I do love uh, The Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone. That's a two-parter I adore. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely adore that two-parter. Um, it is really fun. It's like really easy to watch. And Karen Gillan, um, except for the end of Flesh and Stone, which we won't talk about yet, because fucking hell. But um, she gives some of the best comedic lines ever. Just the delivery is amazing. But that's by the by. The Weeping Angels are in my top five Doctor Who villains creatures of all time i absolutely love them i do think there's a lot of plot holes with them which we will talk about and the blinking thing not even plot holes actually i'm lying it's like the blinking thing the blinking thing sometimes isn't continuous yeah it's a bit like you yeah it's one of those things where you you yeah and sometimes you need plot to happen so sometimes you kind of bend your own rules that you've established a little bit just to have plot happen which is fine yeah, so that kind of mm, is for me. But yeah, no, I I think they are. This is the best way to introduce them. I just don't like that we find out more about them later on. But we'll discuss that in those episodes. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about them with you. But because I love the design, I think they look beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, the fucking yeah, the design is amazing. I want one in my garden, and you can actually buy one for your garden for like two thousand pounds. If I was rich, I would. Does Moffat have one? I'm sure he probably he does. does. He does, yeah. He does. He said he did, yeah. Terrifying. I love that, though. I do. But look it up. You can buy a Weeping Angel for your back garden. It's iconic. I, th- I, s- I still think they're, they're creepiest when they've got their eyes covered or when they don't have their eyes covered, but they still look normal. I think once you get once you start getting the fangs, they don't look... Feral. They're, yeah, they don't look bad, but they are definitely a, still less creepy, I think, when you start getting the... Feral mode. IMO. I completely agree with you. I think from what I learned from the Battles in Time cards, the feral mode, the feral angels, aren't as scary. They can actually come off a little bit comedic now because of how long we've been exposed to them. At the time when I was a little kid, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. But um, Yeah, and, and this episode does use the kind of quick cuts quite a lot. You know, it doesn't sort of linger on them, but... I do love though that like yeah I think for me I love when they have their their hands up I also love when they have their arms up like you can't see me Elliot can see me but like when they've got their forearms up to their eyes I love that it just looks it, you know again it's very reminiscent of like gravestones which is you know 
very fitting for what they do. And I love that, like, they... It's actually the, I guess, the nicest form of murder. Like, you get to live out a life still, in your perspective, but you die yeah. much quicker. It, you know, that whole thing. It just, I, just, I just love it. I love it. But of course, unfortunately, it does mean you can get stuck in places like Hull. We're in Hull? No one deserves that. <laughs> it, it was giving clom. That's what it was giving. Clom. <laughs> No, no, we're not. We're not in. I don't know. We're not in hole. We're not the swine. I spit on them. <laughs> Look, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a big thing to to bring up that Go kind on. of springboards into a second thing. Go on, babe. So I'm just going to say this, okay? It's one a.m. Yeah. It's a, it's a middle of the night. We. Yeah. Larry should not be shamed for not putting pants on, because I wouldn't either. <laughs> but also, you. There's no time. It's one in the morning, sleepy. You wake up. You just kind of you know walk walk from bed, go to the bathroom. You don't want to have to be fumbling trying to put clothes on. What the hell's going? What the hell's going on? Honestly, but also, a, a, a just weird Moffat horniness is back. There's yes. a couple of bits in this episode that's just is not as prevalent as it can be. But there's still a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, just just dial that. There didn't need to be a naked joke. Yeah. It could be just as awkward if you know, it, it, you know, if he was just watching a bunch of DVDs, like sat in the living room on his own, kind of weird, or you know, just in his pants. You know, you can have a, a fuzzy dressing gown. Doesn't need to be straight to nudity. And I, it's not, it's not because I'm so kind of purist. I just think it's just weird that Moffat just has this kind of need to have naked people, yeah, nudity and nude jokes in his episodes. Yeah, it's very strange. Can I make a point to that, actually? Because I have something to say about it as well. Mm-hmm. I do think he should be shamed for not wearing pants. Can I tell you why? You live with your sister, pal. That's fucking weird. <laughs> like, you live with your fucking sister. I mean, that's that's true. You know what I mean? Like... You know, we don't, we don't know what their relationships like. Just... I mean, it's very distant, because obviously when she tells Sally in the letter to tell him that she loves him, he's like, is she all right? what? That's really weird. Am I being set up? Like, no one reacts like that if someone tells them they constantly love them. Like, they're like, um, that's not weird. That's yeah. weird. You know? But yeah, of course. True. I kind of kind of forgot about that. Take it back. If you're living with your sibling, probably do get at least some form of dressed, but also, you know, live your truth. It's fine. <laughs> Just do your thing. Um, But yeah, I think, so kind of going into all of that. So, the scene with Kathy's grandson was so clever and it always sends a chill up my spine like the letter the photos the timing of him knocking on the door to when she disappears all of that is so perfect <laughs> i love i love as well that it kind of nails something that you wouldn't necessarily think about which is like if you were exploring an old house you would be really freaked out by the doorbell ringing oh for sure but also you couldn't sort of really explain why yeah. Because it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, because, like, like Kathy says, you know, it's not, a, not going to be a burglar, is it? You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be anyone sinister. They've rung a doorbell. Yeah. But also, you're in a house where no one should have any need to come to it. To be honest, I'll, I'm going to be so honest with you. If it was like us two, for example, and that happened, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't go to a creepy house because I'm not mental. Um, but <laughs> I would have been like, we've got to go, and I'd run off. I would not answer that door. So I would be out of there. Yeah, he's he's standing in profile, so he looks all strange on purpose to cast like a profile shadow. Or, 
Or I would have been like, come with me to answer the door. There's no way I would have been on my own in another room. Yeah. But that's just me. But yeah, it's it's so well done. And I just think, oh, man. 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 Yeah, it's at the performance as well by the gentleman who plays her grandson. Is He sort of manages to do kind of like confusion, but also slightly menacing, but innocence at the same time. You kind of don't really know what to make of him. For sure. I think he's he's giving a lot, but also not a lot in a good way, if that makes sense. Like he's just giving. Yeah. He's giving. He's giving. It's giving. It's giving grandson. It's giving. You know. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> there's, there's an ongoing joke between Elliot and I where I just say it's giving anything at this point. I just have to say it with every fucking thing I talk about. I tell you, if we were not not the demand and or the finances one would be uh, approving enough. But I tell you, if we ever if we ever in a position to do merch, I think the first piece would have to just say it's giving come along pond merch. Yeah, just that on a plain background would just be good. But yeah, I don't know. I just it's the way he gives the letter over, and then he says her name, and then she disappears, and you're like, what the fuck? And then oh my god, just I mean, look, if that was you. You think you would think it's a joke. You're like, this is a joke. This is literally a joke. Like, this is sick. This is totally sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. Oh, Carrie, man, Carrie's so good, and like her reaction is so perfect. It's so. Imagine. You know what? She's so good at her job. Imagine. Like. Although I do love when, <laughs> just because it's quite. It, yeah, it doesn't doesn't take me out of it. It's just quite funny when he like first hands the letter over and she's like. Kathy, and I was just with Kathy, and then she kind of very clearly shouts into the house for Kathy. She's going like, "Kathy, yeah." And then the guy at the door's like, yeah. "Kathy, yes." I'm like, "Okay, dude, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> like, yeah. she's very clearly shouting after somebody. That's very strange. <laughs> That's very weird, but I like it. It makes me laugh. It's a good comedy bit. It is good, but I also think, obviously, it's very clear that Kathy never told." Her family, what happened to her? Oh, yeah. She probably thought she was in like a time, um, what's it called? Because I don't think Kathy realizes it was the angel at all. I think she probably thought that she was in like a time shift, like a time blip. Like, you know how people say they were like, when, when people uh, say apparently they went back in time because they went through a time shift and it's like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, and then she goes back to 1920. Do you know what I would have, if that was me, I would have been like, Oh, not before the war, for fuck's sake. Come <laughs> on. Can I, could it not have been after World War Two? Fuck's sake. It'd, it'd also be very like Oh, you know, you guys, you've you've just you've just had a war. I've got some bad news for you. Got some real bad news. Yeah. Nineteen years. It's coming again. Yeah. And it's like, oh come on. I don't know. I just think from from that point onward, when they go back to the house, when, you know, girl investigators, I mean, I hate that line, but, um, you know, the vibe, the the set of the house, the tone, the grey colour palette, the rain, everything is just so perfectly kind of its own thing. I don't know. I just love everything about it. Not, yeah. yeah, not like 100% on girl investigators, but Sparrow and Nightingale does sound like an ITV detective show. It does, to be fair. They definitely could do an ITV detective show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I just love their relationship. Like, we only saw, like, five minutes of it. But, oh, my God, I loved it. I want more, like, you know? Because it already hit really hard when, like, you know, when, like, Sally's in the cafe reading the letter and looking through the photos, and you're just like, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah, it's it's that idea of yeah, someone, yeah, being able to live a live a life that you're not a part of, and it's just very, it's just very sad. Um, it does it better later in the episode. I do love. I just, sorry, I just love this episode. It's so perfect. I just love that she goes to see Larry, obviously, in the DVD shop, and then you get that iconic guy who works there. He's like, "Where's Larry?" In the back. We got to talk about him because he's a comedian. Uh, although I believe he's retired now. Um, oh, okay. Uh, called Ray Peacock. I think he's credited as Ian Boldsworth. Ray Peacock was like his stage okay. name. Just genuinely really funny. Like, uh, like listening to him on a few podcasts, like really cool, really insightful guy. Really funny. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I think he's just, I think he's sort of retired and stopped doing some stand-up stuff. And he talks quite openly on a lot of podcasts about like, like mental health struggles and things like that. So... It might not be for everybody, but if you just find his kind of comedy, if you like that kind of comedy, I recommend it. I think there's some Richard, Richard Herring's Lesser Square Theatre podcasts with Ray Peacock and stuff like that. But yeah, if you're looking for Ian Boldsworth, it might be harder to find. But yeah, if you're interested in his comedy, Ray Peacock, very, very funny comedian, uh, recommend. I was going to say, because like, with the like two lines that he has, he was making me like cackle. I was actually cackling, yeah. like, so he's like, fully. Yeah, so he's like, go to the police, you stupid woman. Stupid woman, why do they never go to the police? Yes, I'm the same. That is me when I watch stuff. <laughs> but then I love how the Easter the uh, sorry the Easter egg is introduced at the start, and then it comes back in the shop, and you're like, because when you're first watching this, you're like, why is the doctor on the telly talking? What's going on? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Who is this woman? What's happening? Ah, ah, and then suddenly like Larry's there explaining it, and you know that they're kind of they've you know they're gonna be the main characters of the episode. And then the doctor and Sally are like interacting for like a second, and then she's like, "Have I bloody enough?" <laughs> I love that. Sorry, bad day. God, I relate to that <laughs> so much. I feel that. Like I would have been like, "Nah, I've actually had it." Then she goes to the police. I've got another little continuity—not continuity, but like a blink problem I have. Mm. So the the angels follow her to the police station. Yeah. Very scary. Very very scary. You know when they're like, well, you know when she first runs out of the house, mm. and they're looking at her from the window, terrifying. Also, so ter- terrifying as well when when she's upstairs and you have that like amazing shot where the one in the background takes its hands off its eyes when she kind of like covers it with her back, like because I know there's one of the yeah, where it yeah, does a yeah, close yeah, up, yeah. but it's more impressive they were able to just do it with the one in the back. Like it's really. I good. love that. I clocked that. Yeah. Do you want to know something? That's the first time I actually clocked it watching it for this podcast episode. I've never noticed it before. I feel like it's one of those things that I. I feel like it was pointed out to me by somebody and I've never been able to unsee it. It's so good. But yeah, so they they follow her to the police station 
And she sees them, and then she blinks at them, and then nothing happens. I'm actually confused. What's that about? They kind of yeah, make they make their way to the other side of the building, don't they? Like they sort of they're standing opposite on the church, and then she blinks, and then they're standing against the building. I don't know if it's I don't know if you're meant to assume that they know that maybe that's where the phone box is, or if they're keeping her alive because they think because she's got the key. If they think that she can find it, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not convinced on it. But I would assume maybe that's the reason is that they're trying to... Because she's taken the key, they're trying to use her to find the phone box, maybe, because they don't have it. I don't know, though. I think that's just going to be a bit unexplained, I guess. Um, but I think you're right. I, I would say that's what I thought. Mm. Um, anyway, that doesn't matter because we now get one of the best... <laughs> side characters ever he's he was in it for four minutes maybe five minutes and he stole the fucking episode he is so good i love billy billy shipton billy shipton everything about this is everything it just i just my brain my little brain can't take oh my god oh my god ah they're so and they have such good chemistry like the mo- the moment when the moment where she where Sally calls herself Sally Shipton is so good, it's so well executed. Like just the chemistry they have, the little like the laughing and the sort of it's so good, it's so funny. I love that. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> I call you. I call. I call you. I call you tonight. I'm definitely gonna call you, gorgeous girl. I love it. I love it because a gorgeous girl. I love it. I love it, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And also when we say, um, well, when girlies say. We like flirting from men. That's the flirting we're talking about, okay? Yeah, just good, wholesome, honest. They have me kicking my feet and screaming. <laughs> and, you know, he's more direct, knows knows what he wants. So then that way, if you're not interested, you can just say, oh, actually, no, thank you, rather than, you know, having to play this charade. Exactly. Um, but I love that, like, they the police have this whole section of their car park dedicated to, like, abandoned cars from West of Drumlins. And, like, and then suddenly the... Cause the do you know what I like about this episode as well? You just get the things we know come up and, like, they just come up. They're on screen. You're like, oh, what? You know, like, the TARDIS is there. And you're like, oh, well, there it is. What? What? Where's the TARDIS there? What? And But they just introduce it because, obviously, these people don't know what the hell it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and Billy absolutely destroys the TARDIS prop. Windows are too small. Yeah. Phone's rubbish. But other than that, <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's true though. He's like, yeah, this is this is shit, but whatever. It's it's a practical joke. Whatever. Fuck. It looks kind of like a police box. <laughs> that whole bit though is still so terrifying to me. Like when Sally goes off and then suddenly all the angels appear. See, this is the thing. Why are you lot so curious? Why are you going up to... If, if these <laughs> statues suddenly appeared, do you think I'm going near them? I am running. And things why it works so well because it's that gut punch of having them flirt and you kind of genuinely getting invested in them in that like brief two minute yeah. scene and then immediately him turning around and being like, oh, he's he's dead. He's so dead. And there's the long zoom into his eyes, closing. See, I I I do think. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to like bring any. I don't want to bring negativity, but it is my job. I think. The zoom into his eyes and also the one with Sally when she's standing in the police station, you kind of get them blink in slow motion. A little bit tacky. I know that you have to show that they're blinking. I know you have to show that they're blinking because otherwise it might happen too quickly, but it just feels a little bit over the top. I mean, we could have just had Billy noticing them. He sees them around the TARDIS. He walks up to them. 
see a mid shot of an angel and then we cut and we know what's happened. There's absolutely no. Yeah, yeah, because that because because Sally goes back in. That fucking yeah, and then that shot is so when she goes back in, the TARDIS is gone, the garage doors like ripped open. Yeah. All of that wind and rain's blowing in. That's really atmospheric. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, if you'd had like it's so good. Less is more. Like you say, you know, if you'd just seen the angels appear and Billy walk over to them, and then that happened, it would be like oh, oh. Do you know what? It's giving Twilight a little bit. Not in the same way, because Twilight will never be beat, but like, if this had a blue filter on it, this is Twilight. The vibes, the rain. There's a possibility. Anyway. Uh, I, um, I, I thought you were going to say Twilight Zone. No, Twilight, as Which, in the cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with have a problem with Twilight. Good. You better not, because I'd fucking leave this podcast. Don't, don't, don't really. Uh, not able to relate it to this, but you know, you do you, it's fine. I'll keep doing my Twilight Zone thing. When I see rain, I'm like, that's so Twilight. <laughs> when I see one of the basic Earth elements. <laughs> no, like literally, when I see rain, I'm like, put on the Twilight soundtrack, let's go. Um, but then you get... I'm going to let you take her, because I know how you feel about this. Or do you want to talk about it later? Wink, no, wink, we, we, can, wink. We, can, we can talk about it. We can talk about it now, it's fine. I don't, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, cause Billy gets... Zappoed back into 1969. And you have the first proper appearance, Martha and the Doctor. It's nice, nice to see them. I really liked that. I like that they were in it for like two seconds. I like yeah. that. Uh, and you have the... Martha looks amazing, by the way. She does. She does. And I like... Um, is it earlier, actually, when she's in the... Uh, no, I think it's later on. But I like her line about having to work in a shop to support him. It's very funny. It's very rose-coded. Yeah, that's in the video. Yeah, it's, it's in the video. It's in the video. Yeah. But yeah, so you have the doctor, and he's made a he's made a timey wimey detector. Um, it's a machine that goes ding, goes ding when there's stuff. Uh, and I, yeah, I that we used, we did, we did use it. Thank you. The thing is, this is this is like skirting around, and a lot of this stuff in the episode actually, because of how it's sort of been taken up by. It. And I'm going to say it. I know you're going to hate me for saying it because you know, but it all feels very. It reminds me of a time of sort of cringe. Tumblr, massive kind of American adoption of Doctor Who, that kind of really early Moffat stuff, kind of Series 5, Series 6, where, like, it was everywhere, which is good for the show's global brand, but, like, you know, it was all getting a bit kind of mm-hmm. cringy, and the show was kind of, you know, just, like, reduced down to its catchphrases, and, like, the machine that goes ding when there's stuff is funny, and David has the charisma to pull it off, but it's just skirting around things that I don't like or remind me of a time that I don't like. Um, like the big ball of wibbly-bobbly timey-wimey stuff, I know we'll get into it, is like, it's funny, but also it's just, I don't know, like the amount of times I hear people say it, it's just sort of like, oh god. Yeah. And it's annoying because it's, it's getting a bit Because it is a good phrase, you know, like we, you know, we might say, we say timey-wimey, and it's such a good, you know, descriptor, I think, you know, we call it, you know, we call our, in our descriptions, you know, the the weird timey wimey world of Doctor Who because it's just quite a good, it's a good a bit of alliteration. But like in the context of the show, I'm just always a little like, oh yeah, timey wimey, whatever. Because I know then that it just gets used to excuse yeah. a lot of stuff later on. Thing happens that makes no sense. Yeah. Timey wimey, it's still timey wimey. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I have personal beef with like Moffat really trying to lean into time travel stuff because I think once you start actually trying to think about it too much, it just gets really fucking impossible. He thinks about it too much, I think. 
He does. I mean, he went and did the Time Traveller's Wife, for God's sake. His own version of it. Yeah. Even though he's been ripping it off for years. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's fun. David David pulls it off. But, yeah, yeah we're, just, we're just starting to skirt around stuff that I don't like. Do you know what line just doesn't get picked up enough, though? What should have been picked up? Mm. It can boil an egg at, what was it, 60 paces? <laughs> it's not pretty when they blow. Hilarious. Yeah, I don't know why he, he like... Just attack hens with it. I love it. It's very bizarre. Or something. It was something along those lines. But yeah, it was the way he was just like blow. It's yeah, because it, yeah, it can boil. It can boil an egg, and then something about hens. And if you approach hens, hens explode. I think it yeah. tries to boil the eggs while they're still inside hens. That's it. That's I it. Believe. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So sad. We hate animal cruelty here. Hate that. Well, but you know what? It's so. It's so funny, is it? Because. It's the way he's talking to Billy, like, and he's like, you know, you need to get a ma- message to Sally Sparrow, and I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry, but it's going to take a while. And you think, oh, God, just leave him alone. But it's like, yeah, but he has to follow the instructions that he's been given. And it's just, his life's kind of, Billy's life has kind of been st- structured around a specific way he has to go about things. So he can, you know, he has to go into publishing. It's, yeah, it's a it's a causal loop, I believe is what they call it. Yeah. Everything has yeah. to happen. A canon event. For everything to have happened. Exactly, yeah. But when I think about sort of all of the mind bending time travelling stuff, I'm I don't like timey wimey machine that goes ding. Oh look at this. Oops, where's my trousers? And I much prefer the next scene that we get. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna let you just take over because you 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 have a lot of feelings about this. And so do I, but you really have a lot of feelings about this. It might be the best individual scene in Doctor Who in terms of like emotional punch. Um, because I don't, I don't Agreed. think I like, there is the stuff that I, you know, characters I'm more attached to, but for once the writing is very clever. It's very subtle. It's very stripped back. It's full of very, very good lines. And it's just sad, but beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's yeah. just everything. It's everything. Like, what can you even say? You know, it's just, yeah. Like, it's the same rain, babe. Like, that's fucking mad. And he has until the rain stops. Like, it's the same rain that they met in, and now he's dying. Like, is that not fucking iconic? Yeah. Like, And just all that causal loop stuff of, you know, like, was he always in that, was he always yeah. in that hospital as an old man whilst his younger self was there? I just, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. I love the oh, and I love I love as well because I love a I love a cheeky old man as well. So I love the fact that he's like, yeah, I considered phoning you once or twice, you know, but something about ripping up the hole in the fabric of reality. Yeah, I love that. And like, life is long, and you are hot. I love it. Yeah, you get the little inversion from earlier. It's good. It's so. Do you know what? It makes my brain hurt in the best way. Does that make sense? Mm. And I, I I like as well that you also get the reveal of, you know, he goes into publishing, the video publishing, then DVD publishing, because you have that line from Larry where he's like, not even the manufacturers know how he got there. And it's because Billy knows. Yeah. The list. Look at the list, Sally. Look at the list. I do think that that is like a bit of a shit message to, <laughs> you know, and like, I'd also be like, wait, hang on. You waited to die for like, what is it, like almost 40 years, 38 um, just until we look at the list, I'd be like, "Could you not be any more help than that?" But obviously, Sally Smart she figures it out. Exactly. Um, I do like though that when she's like, "You know, I'll stay with you until 
you know, you pass kind of thing, which is so beautiful. And then the minute she's ready to go, she turns to the camera, walks to the camera, and that score comes in. It was giving Torchwood. It was giving, with the coat, her coat flapping behind her, walking towards the camera. I was like, all right, I see you. Also, Torchwood, hire Sally Sparrow, because she would actually be, actually don't, because then she'll probably die. Don't do that. I love Sally too much. Don't do that. But yeah, that, that. that cut, yeah, when he's like, yeah, until the rain stops, and then she's kind of standing there, and then it hard cuts to her standing there, and the rain has stopped, and the bed's empty. She just kind of still stood there. It's like, like that's how you do deaths in media, right? You know, you, you don't this long, drawn-out kind of, you know, oh, I'm dying, find all last words. Just having, just having a hard cut where you can just realise straight away in the frame that someone's died without even needing to say anything. I mean, prime example, and spoiler alert for the a hit film Little Women. You know, when you have those repeated shots of I can't remember which March sister she is now, so apologies, but Sasha Ronan running down the stairs and you just have that Yeah. So oh Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe, Sasha Ronan's character. When she runs down the stairs and there's it Beth who dies. Yeah, yeah, Beth, that's it, yeah. So yeah, when you have all those repeated shots of Joe running down the stairs and then she gets to the bottom of the stairs that one morning and just Laura Dern and her other sisters are just sat there like in tears and it's so it looks so cold. And you just know straight away. Also, side note, um, if you think you're a big Greta Gerwig fan, you're not. I have a ladybird tattoo, so fuck you. <laughs> what, what if someone has two ladybird tattoos? Well, then they are a bigger fan than me, I guess. Fuck it, whatever, innit? <laughs> Email in if you're a bigger Greta Gerwig fan than Damla. Either way, go and watch Barbie when it comes out to support Shooty, if anything. Every day I wake up and I'm Ken. Anyway, hashtag not spawn. Um... Anyway, so now we get some of the most amazing, terrifying, action-filled story ever. Like, it's just such good, this, like, closing part of the episode, I guess, if you want to call it, like, the the the, the, the last half of the episode. I do tune out a little, though, I can't lie. I think, because I know kind of what's coming, I think I get really invested during the transcript scene. And then... Ah, yes. Just for the sort of five minutes after it, before they go down to the basement and find the TARDIS, when it's a little kind of, you know, just kind of going through the motion of doing the horror stuff. It's it's well executed, and I know that I found it scary in the past, I think, because I just know exactly almost beat for beat kind of what's going on with it. I just don't sort of, it's not something I, I'm not glued to the tension at that moment. But I know I have been in the past, so I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying my current version of myself was not glued to that scene. That's fair enough. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I will say, though, I would never have actually gathered at the house because I'm too much of a wuss. <laughs> Not that they actually understood what the, what the angels do at that point, so I get that. But still, I'm just a wuss, so I wouldn't do it. But I just love that like the Doctor knows what to say because Larry wrote down the transcript in shorthand next to her. Like That is genius. Like It's happening in real time. It is hilariously iconic as well. I don't know. The only thing I find a little like causal loop stuff that hurts my head is like when the doctor's like, well, that's all I've got on the transcript, so I can only assume the angels are coming, but they haven't started coming yet. Larry stops writing because the doctor says it's all he's got on the transcript, so it's really sort of like it doesn't quite line up. See, I interpreted this differently. So I assume because Larry, when he realises what's going on, he is writing down the response, but he kind of stops because he's like looking around so much, and I clocked it, and then the doctor says that's the last I've got because he stopped writing. That's what I thought was going on. I mean, yeah, like I know that he stopped writing. I just, yeah, it just it's a little sort of like it could have been made clearer. I guess is what I mean. 
Well, that being said, look to your left. I think that's a political statement. So funny. <laughs> this is the way he clicks his pen so officiously. I've written loads about that. I think it's a political statement. He's such a golden retriever, honestly. But I do need an Angels Have the Phone Box t-shirt. I've been saying that for years and I need one. I need to get one. I need to go on Etsy. If any of you lot have a small business and you make one, link it to me so I can get that t-shirt. I will say though, so like when the transcript is happening, it's so good. I mean, it's just, do we even need to elaborate on that? Because it's just amazing. I love all of that. The bit that gets me though is when he goes, and that's it, I'm afraid. I'm like, no, bitch. <laughs> what? Stop. Stop this. We also get some good, I like the sort of girl boss Sally Sparrow moments where, you know, George is like, yeah, it's complicated. She says something along the lines of like, um, you know, I'm clever and I'm listening and don't patronise me because people have died and I'm not happy. Yeah, girl. I like that even yes. as she says it, you kind of get these shots of like 10 kind of going like, for listeners, I was pulling a face like he was you know, going, okay. And then you get just the most terrifying jump scare when they're like, when she's like, you're not looking at the statue. Neither are you. It's just, it's just the realization during the the conversation that you're like, oh, we are in danger, girl. We are in danger. And then the the angel comes up, and all I'll say is this: Larry must have some well lubricated eyes, and not be very jumpy because the minute that angel come up to it, I'll be like, what? blink, oh shit, you know, because I'm so jumpy as a person, but also have kind of dry eyes. So like, how are you not blinking for that long? That that is mad. Like no one can not blink for that long. That is ridiculous. Like the, yeah, the one where he turns his head and then looks back and it's moved closer. I feel like yeah, I'd be dead because I would have turned my head, then turned back, realised it's there, and then because I'd not expect it to be that close, then I would have blinked because it's close. And I would have been startled. And then it would have just Precisely. got me. Precisely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, something I need to mention though. This is actually a request from my boyfriend Joe, and uh, he wanted me to mention this, so I'm going to mention something. We've got. New regular feature, Joe's Corner. Joe's Corner, here we go. He said, would holding up a mirror to an angel make them turn to stone because the image of an angel is itself an angel? So, like, if Larry had a mirror, held it up to that angel, would that angel looking at its own reflection turn into stone? Interesting food for thought there. I don't know if I agree, but I just thought it was interesting to include. I mean, it is already stone. But permanently? No, I know, but it would... No. Yeah, yeah, permanently. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's not affected by its own. Basically, could you Medusa it? Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't think you could, but that's just... Joe wanted me to include that. He was like, no, you have to include that. And I'm like, okay, I'll make a note of it. <laughs> but I do have my own plot hole that I want to bring up. Sorry, I'm being negative. Oh, when... Larry and Sally go down to the basement for the finale. The angel follows Larry into the cellar and starts pointing at the light. Is it not that when you're looking at the angel, it can't move, obviously? So how is it turning out the light when they're looking at the angel turning out the light, you know? Yeah, I mean, I because they're not looking, it then already is pointing at the light. And I suppose instead of moving, moving it, it's, not, it's not moving physically, it's doing telekinesis or whatever i don't know what they i just thought that was a bit silly yeah i mean it's 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 silly it's silly that he's able to take his eyes off it for that long to go down into the basement reconcile with sally you you know they should have been able to just get them on the way into the basement basically yeah um so you know it's a little bit like i said earlier it kind of bends its rules a little bit sometimes how plots happen 
Um, I do think it pointing at the light is very creepy, though. It is creepy, for sure, because when you realise, you're like, oh, shit, we're not going to be able to see. Oh, 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 okay, we've got to get, we've got to, there's a TARDIS, let's get in the TARDIS, I've got the key, let's go. And then when they start, you know, feral, feral posing. I do think it's a little bit silly when they're kind of like feraling all over the phone box. When I watched it as a kid, I thought it was so scary. Now when I watch it, I'm like, Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. I think it's I think it's creepy when the TARDIS starts dematerializing and they're, you can see them as it's kind of going and they're leaving them behind. I think that's scary. Yeah. What I like is... I mean, the Weeping Angels would have got them by now. I think they took a bit too long to open that door. I think when they were very close to them as well, I think they would have got them, to be honest. But whatever, that's me. Um, they open the door. They go into the TARDIS and we get emergency protocol back. Yes. Love emergency. I love hologram, Doctor. I love emergency protocol. Love it. And the DVD, one of the DVDs is glowing because it takes them back. Just silly. And I love it. It's so good. I bet you're fussing and moaning right now. <laughs> How many, how many times? What, Don't. I say that to you all the time whenever I whenever I voice note you. If I'm saying something that I feel like you'll not be genuinely frustrated by, it, but like yeah. you you'll just you'll know that it's not a problem. Like if I you know if I if I feel like you're just going to be like yeah, no no it's fine it's not a problem. As soon as I say something, I know you're going to respond like that. I always go and I I can hear you fussing and moaning now. Fussing and moaning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't! I wish we could talk about piling of the ways again. I love that episode. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, um, I keep just going to rewatch it. I think I might because I miss nine. I miss nine. I miss Chris so much. I miss you, bestie. So, but yeah, then they're in the TARDIS and they put the disc in. And when you realise it's leaving them behind, I was like, no! Like again, I just remember my first time watching it. The reaction, I was like, what? Yeah, because it feels so cruel, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But then you realise the Doctor tricked them. And I, I love as well that Sally's like defiant to the end because they both kind of crouch down, but then straight away she just like gets to her feet and she's just like, look at them, look at them. It's like, ooh. But yeah. you don't need to. And then, and then Larry, you can tell it's probably ADR, the line, because you can't see him saying it. But it's mm. like, I don't think we need to. <laughs> the Doctor tricked them. They're never going to move again. It's like, okay. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what would happen if you showed it a reflection. Maybe what? happens to them at the end is what would happen if you reflected them. But that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Okay. That's what Joe was trying to get at anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what he was trying to get at. We got there. <laughs> Sorry, your uh, clarity lacks clarity. So no, it does. I'm not good at explaining things. And I've got a podcast. Amazing. But good point, Joe. Well made. But then we get to like the future, uh, present day, whatever you want to call it. And Sally and Larry they run a, they run a, run a, shop. a shop together. I... I know that they're not actually together, but I don't like his kind of immediate assumed position of kind of weird domineering boyfriend kind of character. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't think I needed a romance between these two. No. They worked perfectly fine as friends for me. And when he comes into the shop, she's like looking at the stuff and he's a bit like, oh, what are you looking at all that for? Oh, I'm like, fuck off, mate. Like, come on. She needs to. Un- you do you not want to know how he got the information do you not like this is important? Like your sis, like your your sister disappeared because of these fucking things, and you don't want to figure it out. That's that's the thing. I do really like this, but I feel like that because you have the much more impactful moment with Billy, you do kind of lose yeah. that sort of like what actually what what are the stakes for? Yeah, you know, for Larry really, like he never sort of seems to express any kind of sadness about his sister being. Got. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, but yeah, Billy and Sally forever, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, the Doctor and Martha turn up. And it's hilarious. <laughs> They're hunting something. Yeah, and Martha, again, looks gorgeous. Like, Freema. God, oh, stop. And it's stop. outfit variation. Like, where, where, where are these outfits later on? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the purple, the, the flowing cardigan. Do you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah, and then you realise that... That, the doctor got the information from Sally, and I think that's wonderful. I love that. The little purple folder, which reminded me of primary school. I got a bit some flashbacks. Yeah. So we used to use those folders. Disgusting. File. I don't know. I just love the way it ends. And I think, I mean, the hand-holding was cute. I'll give them that. But I just think it could have been, like, Con- I don't know. Controversially, I don't like the way it ends, because that's not the way it ends. It ends on a really cheesy montage of B-roll of statues. See, I love camp stupidity and fun. And when I was, again, sorry, when I was younger, this terrified me because I was like, oh, that's true. It could be anywhere. Because, like, you know, it was that age where I was like, it's not real, but it could be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, again, as a kid, very affecting, definitely works. But, like, when I watched this, I was, I was just a bit like, ah, uh, you kind of, your story ends off quite nicely and in a nice little bow. You don't necessarily need the little extra at the end i do like the blink though at the end with when he says good luck and then blinks it's funny yeah oh yeah and i like having that sort of speech come back at the end it's nice um but so in terms of like larry and sally their relationship it's interesting because um spoiler for i mean i've mentioned it to you before already so Mm. i've actually mentioned it on podcast before but spoiler for redacted the doctor who podcast um larry and sally don't stay together um, which is, I mean, it's sad, but also like they shouldn't have been together in the first place. She it could do it was giving very much like best friend vibes. But I just feel like that because Billy and Sally were just so iconic, mm. like you say. Yeah, they were I don't know. But anyway, anywho, babe, what an episode. What a time. What a time. I'm obsessed. What a time. Time of angels. <gasps> <laughs> not yet, not yet. So we are at the wrap up where we talk about our standout moment, a moment that didn't work, our most doctory moment and our favourite quote. And then we'll do our rating afterwards of the episode out of five. Mm-hmm. Elliot, darling, sweetie, gorgeous, gorgeous, they, them. What was your standout moment? Oh, it's easy to figure out, gorgeous girl. It is the hospital scene with Billy. Come on. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I was going to put that down, but I didn't because I know you'd put it down. So I put <laughs> down Sally and the Doctor's conversation and the slow realisation that they're in danger because it always makes me feel, like, scared. Also very good. What didn't work for you? Um, Like I said, nothing sort of, like, massively in general. There's a couple of sort of li- just... Honestly, it's just, like, lots of individual little bits of dialogue and humour. Like I say, you know, the sort of repeated twice kind of naked joke is just a bit kind of weird and I don't like the machine that goes ding when there's stuff um, and the rock's confusing so I don't really know if I have a moment just a kind of a, a cluster of small things that just hold it back ever so slightly for me I couldn't even say that scene where you find out about the machine that goes ding when there's stuff because that scene is still well acted and nice so yes 
What about you? For me, um, I find it really hard to find something. I'll be honest. I've really had to actually sit there and think, uh, think for like five minutes. I mean, I was gonna say because if you, I was gonna say because if you can't think of anything, it's fine. I there's been a couple where I couldn't think of anything. But I, I, all I'll say is the blinking plot holes. Like some of them are just a bit like, oh, okay, Fair. but didn't ruin it for me. You know, um, most doctory moment. Well, there are a couple. Which we not have the most Sally Sparrowy moment, surely? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck it. Fuck the Doctor Who moment, actually. Just fuck it yeah. entirely. Because like, no, there's only there's only a couple of, of scenes we're probably going to say the same thing, so I want to know what you think is the most in-character moment for Sally Sparrow. Can you give yours first so I can have a little think? Um, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up between either her preemptively calling herself Sally Shipton and then getting really embarrassed uh, and running away, which I love, but also I love the sort of hot kind of it girl edginess of when she first takes Kathy into the house and she's like I like coming here it makes me feel sad and she's like why do you want to feel sad it's like it's like being happy but for cool people it's like okay Sally or deep people deep or people something that's like just that. deep yeah. people isn't yeah, it yeah I like that like, okay Sally yeah yeah it's very Sally Sparrow I've thought of one a very Sally moment for me is her barging into someone's house at one in the morning and thinking that's absolutely normal and fine to make a coffee at one in the morning. That's weird, Sally. Stop it. What are you doing? I would have like, if that was my friend, I'd be like, bitch, go home. I'd be like, actually go home because I'm asleep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do love it though. It's funny. It's I funny actually moment. would as well. I really, I really, I really um, prioritise my sleep. So. Yes, you should. Absolutely not. Um, it is funny though. You're right. Um, so favourite quotes then. I'm going to warn you now. I've got quite a few and I'm not going to shorten it down. I refuse. I have... I think I've got th- I've got three, but we're probably going to double up on a couple of them. Okay, you go first and then I- we'll go tit for tat. Let's do tit for tat. Okay, I, I love... We already kind of mentioned it, but I love um, because life is short and you are hot. Oh, I don't have that. So yeah, good. I love that one. That's a good one. Um, I still use it to this day. It's great. Um, mine is... Okay, some of these aren't even just quotes. It's just like the dialogue, the conversation that was had. It's really good. Kathy, excuse me, where am I? I was in London. I was in the middle of London. You're in Hall. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is Hall. No, it isn't. You're in Hall. I'm not in Hall. Stop saying Hall. Hilarious. It's just... I love the delivery like, of that. Brings out like the whole Times, whatever the newspaper is called, and he's like, "No calls for that up in London." <laughs> yeah. Funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that guy's hilarious. Whoever they got. Um, what's your second cliche? But it was raining when we met. It's the same rain. <sighs> yes. Heartbreaking. Um, mine was almost that, but I love. Thank you, Sally Sparrow. I have till the rain stops. Fuck. It's so good. And of course, we already mentioned that because life life is long and you are hot as well, which would also probably be up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so my third one is Larry. He just sits there making random remarks. It's like we're hearing half a conversation. Me and the guys are always trying to work out the other half. Sally, when you say you and the guys, you mean the internet, don't you? How do you know? <laughs> Spooky, isn't it? Amazing, because that's us, Elliot. That's us. You know, the guys on the it's internet. Me and the guys. You mean you mean the Doctor Who fandom, don't you? Yes, yeah, I me do. Me and the cap, yes, me and the cap fam. 
Exactly. <laughs> My last one, um, I just love the way it's delivered. It's when they, when Larry and Sally regroup at Wester Drumlands and she opens the door to let him in and Larry goes, you live in Scooby-Doo's house. That's so good. So funny. Exactly. I love that quote. It's so good. My last one is um, when Billy says to the doctor, what in God's name are you talking about? And then Martha says, trust me, just nod when he stops for breath. <laughs> Martha's really sassy in this one. Like I said, I like the year where she's like, I have to work in a shop, got to support him. Yeah, I love it. I mean, she has every right to be like, why are you making Martha work? Like, Also, it would be easier for him to get a job than her in that time But he's got to make machines that go ding. Ugh, yeah, fuck it. If, you know, if, if Ten has a hater, it's me. If he has no haters, I'm dead. Do you know what I mean? No, I love him, but also I hate him. Um, so out of five, babe, what are you giving Blink? Look, to the annoyance of many a person, I'm going to give it a four. Because I really like it. And there is a version of myself that loved it. Um, there's just a couple of Moffatisms that keep it from being great for me. And also the kind of cultural exposure over time, the amount you see Blink talked about, and the more you see of it, has just kind of lessened its effect on me personally. But there's still some really great revival-defining moments in it. And the bit in the hospital, I mean, is genuinely one of my favourite scenes from the show. So I know you're going to be like, four out of five, you must hate it. I, I love it. I adore it. It's just not, for me, perfection. That's fair enough. I think that's still a good rating. I was going to say, I think it comes as no surprise to anyone that I'm giving this fucking four marks. Like, it deserves nothing but, for me, five out of five. When was the, I mean, when was the last time we had a five, man? Ooh, hold on. Was it maybe, maybe Doomsday? We must have both given Doomsday a five. Doomsday was the last five out of five I gave. I have all my notes saved on my notion, because I'm what? Sad. Almost a whole series later, we finally got five stars. I also want to say, something I left out of the notes... And it's a note that I think you would have made, but you've forgotten to write it down. So I'm going to say it for you. Sally Sparrow. Good name. Good name. It is a good name. Sally Sparrow ruined me. Anyway. Absolutely ruined me, babe. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. We hope you had fun. We sure did. Thank God we got another time thing to be able to make more content for you crazy, hungry people. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do so in the following ways. Patreon.com forward slash Come Along Pond Podcast. We have one tier. It's £3. It is the companion tier for supporting us over there on a monthly basis. You get a shout-out on the show, like River, like Bulldozer7113, like Jason, like Becca Judson-Smith, like Abby Potts, like David Cummings, like Jack Wilson, like Ben Somersault, and like Miria Sarah. Again, apologies if that's not how you pronounce the name. Do get in touch if you um, actually want your name pronounced correctly. Apologies for that. However, if you don't want to pledge to a monthly tier which is the best way to be able to get us things like a PO box and eventual things to keep the show growing and funding you can do one-off donations at Kofi. you can shout us the price of a cup of coffee you can buy one for me one for Damla or one for both of us if you want that is kofi.com forward slash come along pond podcast that is Kofi, which is ko-fi don't spend money on us of course it's fine i understand time's very hard however if you want to be as cool as ellie like trent and george you can email in we will always read it out on the show. Like I say, if it's long, we will be going through it at some point, cutting things down and reading them out. But for the moment, if you email in, you will be read out at some point. 
on the show. And we want to know your thoughts. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to know what you're enjoying. You don't always have to email in just to be read out either. Repeat email is absolutely fine. But get in touch. We love it. Other ways you can get in touch. Twitter.com forward slash come along pond DW. Over there we tweet once a week when an episode goes live. But if you shoot us a DM, send us some funny things, tag us in whatever, we will respond because it's fun over there. You can see what kind of dumpster fire it is when only I'm in control of a version of social media. However, TikTok.com forward slash come along pond podcast. I know you've heard of the TikTok because you've probably found us through the TikTok. However, over there we post fun little vignettes, stories, bonmos, and clips from the episode of us looking like gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Loads of people over there. But you're not listening, so come over here. Come keep listening. However, say it with me. You one-stop shop. Stories. Polls. Reels. Instagram lives. Updates about things that are happening on the show. It's all over on Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash come along pond podcast. We are over there. We are so active. Shoot us a DM or like our stories. Get involved. Have fun. That is the place you need to go if you need to find out anything about the show or you need to get in touch. That is the best place to go. But with all of that being said, we might end up on Threads, the new Twitter rival from Instagram.com. I'm already using it. I'm having a great time. It's actually really fun. Um, it's like Twitter, but you know, less horrible because it's got all of Instagram's guidelines. So maybe we'll get a bit of a presence over there, but also one more thing to worry about. But you'll be you'll be the first to know. So don't stress about it. Anyway. With all of that being said, it's been lovely talking to you. And to you, my love. Um and I would like all of you to pray for me that I get Taylor Swift concert tickets, please. <laughs> Go on, if we all wish really hard. If anybody gets spare, let us know. Um Please do. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll we give you air from our lungs. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 You're having this compulsion to put on Angels by Robbie Williams, but I mean, that is a fate worse than death. I'd rather be zapped back into the past than listen to that. <laughs> Twat. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.